When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Hey, baseball family. Brig here. Hey, listen, with it being Labor Day and all, Brad and I decided that if Jacoby Ellsbury can take as much time off as he actually does, then we figured we could probably take Labor Day and not record a, a podcast episode. So that's what we have decided to do. We hope you had as much of an enjoyable Labor Day as we did. We hope it was epic for you. But we don't want to leave you hanging, obviously. So even though there will be no current events, we know there's a lot to cover. Don't worry, we're still paying attention. We're going to get into all of that next week and all of the playoff stuff that's going on right now. A lot of magic happening. But we do have a previously recorded interview with a man named Jordan Scop. We had a great conversation with him. We know you're going to love it. So... Stick with us this week and come back next week for our current events, but we think you're going to like this episode. Welcome back, baseball family. Today we have with us Jordan Scop of Foul Ball Safety. Now we're going to talk to him about foul ball safety in, in baseball parks. But first, before we get into that, we're going to give him the same treatment we give all of our guests. He is going to get a rundown. Are you ready, oh, Jordan? Yeah. Yes, yes. Run it down. All right, here we go. First question, what? is your quest the quest is to bring attention to this conversation to speak to like-minded folks that are really curious to know past and present foul balls awesome what is your favorite color um blue correct answer very good (laughs) 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 <laughs> All right, Jordan, if your favorite baseball team was a beverage, what would it be? Um, cherry Coke. Okay. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, well, the, Met, the Mets are blue and orange, so I try to combine the colors, and maybe blue and orange become cherry. I'm not an art teacher or a coordinator, so I, I'm just taking a taking a flyer <laughs> on that one. You nailed it. I love it. (laughs) Now, this gets into some things. What is the maximum age that you think it's appropriate to to bring a baseball glove to watch a game at a ballpark? Uh, As a fan, as a recreational spectator, uh, where balls will not be crushing our skull, um, any age is fine. We agree. We agree with you on that. All right. Excellent. Um, how would baseball be different if the Dodgers had never left Brooklyn for a? That's interesting. I would have been staying a Brooklyn Dodger fan because there would have been probably no National League baseball team new, uh, uh, newly added. Uh, so uh, I followed my father's allegiances with the national league i was born into the mets that's awesome 
So who? my question then is, who is your daddy and what does he do? Dad is dead. Dad is a lawyer. He's probably, you know, thinking about me now as I'm thinking about him. And uh, hope his spirits are out there watching what we're doing here. He, he, he thinks what I'm doing now is loyally like I'm sure and he's probably questioning why am I doing this but I'm thinking like uh I grew up in the same house as you did so I mean I inherited some of those uh skills traits thoughts yeah it definitely is passed down I'd say that for sure yeah um if baseball were an ice cream flavor what would it be um, baseball, I'll go with the sugar snack. I'll go with the blue and the orange. Mm. Yeah. The, 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 uh, popsicles of the, uh, frozen section. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Last question, Jordan, what's the name of your forthcoming autobiography? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, well, this could be uh, part one of the yeah. uh, Foul Ball uh, Safety Now uh, book series because uh, the story continues as I continue to meet new folks with new stories. So, uh, don't know. Don't know. All right. Don't have it. I haven't gone that far ahead. Nothing. I think don't know is probably a great no. title for an autobiography. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Jordan more about foul ball safety now. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home to stay. Don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old Ball game. Shop kids baseball shirts at 9plusss.com. I actually have a hobby that has nothing to do with baseball, and Brad, I think, is a little jealous. In the tiny bit of spare time that I have, I get punched in the face. Or I'm punching someone else. Either way, my friends and I try to hit each other. Now, before you think I'm crazy, there is a lot of protective gear involved. And I get my gear from Venom. Unbeatable quality at truly affordable prices. Not to mention it's the best looking equipment on the market. If that's not enough, Venom just signed an enormous deal with UFC and that equipment and apparel is now available at Venom.com. So whether you need new gloves, a heavy bag, or performance apparel, Venom.com is the place to shop. You can support our show and get 10% off when you use the link in the description. Welcome back, baseball family. Again, we got Jordan Scop here, and he is uh, championing the full, fully netted experience at the ball fields. Right, Jordan? You want to see the safety nets extended all the way around ball fields all over the country. Yes, thanks for having me. And yes, um, 
every ballpark, the 120 minor league ballparks that are still part of the affiliates of the major leagues and the 30 major league ballparks, which I guess adds up to 150 ballparks, all need to have an independent netting council of architects and engineers have a field visit. They should take in all the statistics on how fast balls go, how high, how wide, how far. And they should be able to tell us where the balls, where the nets would be placed in the appropriate places so people are no longer rudely smacked with 100-mile-an-hour line drives. Rudely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What, obviously you're passionate about this. You've got the website. You've done a lot of uh, you know, guest appearances and things like that. What, what? How did this all get started for you? Where's the passion coming from? Sure. Uh, well, just a longtime baseball fan, uh, just in the know. I don't think I'm so unique among 70 million baseball fans. Uh, a couple of times had really good seats in, in sections where there were no nets at the time. One time in particular in 2006, where I paid a lot of money for a Mets Cardinal playoff game. And I was sitting near celebrities like Jerry Seinfeld and there were no nets over the dugout. And you know, until 10 years later. So I was wondering how season ticket holders and people would come back to these seats on a regular basis, knowing that a ball could deflect right off a of bat and, and really rudely ruin your life. There's a video on my website. It shows when there were no nets up in Tampa Bay, uh, a ball going through the two men. And if that had connected with one of those men, that would have been the end of baseball in Tampa Bay that year, because that would have been a bloody mess and probably a death. Um, because that ball, you wouldn't have had a shot if you were hit in the face with that. Um, could have been death. But it, it was inches away, and people laughed it off. Uh, so we are laughing and joking about foul balls. There's a million videos on YouTube, and MLB promotes you know, the close calls or the, or the man ca- catching the baby, catching the ball with the baby in the hand or the beer in the hand. And most people look at it, it's like a joke, fun, fun, fun. Let's go to the game, catch a foul ball, which I'm all about. Uh, but I would love the independent netting council to tell us where the nets need to go if a ball is allowed to come up and if it's allowed to come down. Uh, I'm totally open to that. But how about we have a discussion about it instead of we do know in 2021, in 42, at least 42 minor league ballparks, there's no nets past dugouts. Where did that little girl get hurt in Houston from the Almora incident? She was right past the end of dugouts. I've identified 42 minor league ballparks, at least 42, from the survey I had done three months ago when the season began, that 42 minor league cities from the nearly 100 of the 120 cities that I connected to and just making simple calls to box offices and asking the simple question, where do your nets go? Um, there are reminders in 2021. The balls will continue to go past the nets and crush things. There was a video in Arizona in the cactus of the grapefruit league in spring training when um, the uh, ball hit the beer, crushed the beer, but it was inches away from people's faces. And it's almost looked about as a joke. Maybe some of those folks are half intoxicated and don't put two and two together, so they remain. Or it doesn't have a ripple-down effect. Or the media reports it as a joke instead of saying uh, or comparing it to like a brick coming down from a building, like a loose brick coming down on a regular basis would would not be acceptable. There would be rope around that sidewalk. Nobody would be allowed to walk down. In baseball's regular season in 2019, 
there were 15 people maimed. It was a woman by the name of Kelsey from Deadspin in a 26 and one half week season. So that tells me once every other week, serious medical attention is needed at the major league ballpark. And then considering there's three times as many more games in the minor leagues, maybe there were 45 serious injuries that we didn't find out about. So I'll take a pause Mm. because I could keep going. I've been on this topic for a couple of years and then two years and then a couple of years later, uh, a couple of years later, a decade later, uh, and, and then some in 2019, following the Al Moore incident with the little girl in Houston, uh, that really sent me into uh, activism, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that. And, um, you know, one of the, actually one of the very first topics that we broached on our podcast, we very first started doing this was, uh, was extending the netting, you know, because, yeah. And, you know, bringing a ball glove to the ballpark because, you know, physics dictates that if a ball is coming off a bat at 110 miles an hour, if you're in the outfield, it's going to be at or near that same velocity, right? And I don't think people understand that trying to be the macho guy out there without a glove, you know? So, and I was, I was explaining this to my wife, like, it, it hurts to catch a 60 mile an hour fastball with your bare hand. What is it going to, like, what's it going to feel like to catch a ball that's 100 plus off the uh, with your bare hand, like, do you know how many even like minor injuries people sustain in ballparks because they're trying to catch a, a home run with their bare hands, even like you know, like broken fingers, hands, things like that? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine if the Independent Safety Netting Council was ever installed and said, hey, you know, potentially you can still break a finger and break a hand, or somebody's hand may squeeze your hand, which happened to me. Uh, where I was trying to catch a ball and there were five hands behind mine, big guys crushing my hand from behind. I was like, whoa. But that's, but um, yes, NBC did a study um, and it it, it was, well, I thought it was pretty well done a couple of years ago and implied uh, how many injuries there were over an eight to nine year period in the major leagues. And, the LA Times took the same math as I did, since only four out of the 30 teams participated in the study. They came up with 808. There was 707 uh, from four teams, but the, the other 26 didn't share the data, and then 100 others miscellaneous. So the number was about 808. But if you take the other 26 teams and factor that all in, the LA Times guy came up with 4,500. I came up with 5,000. Now, those 5,000 injuries, those foul ball-related injuries, not necessarily crushed heads or lost eyes, but mm-hmm. clearly I know a handful of those incidences. Um, and I believe this should be, there's probably 100 or more of those lost, broken heads and crushed, uh, lost eyes, unfortunately. Um, and I, I like to talk in conservative numbers. I don't want to say because I don't know. But most people, when they do have a very serious injury, like, uh, a lost eye or, or, or crushed face. They're, they're usually very distasteful. They feel distaste. They feel like they, they, they haven't been treated right by baseball. They don't have their medical bills paid for. They, they don't feel like watching baseball anymore. And baseball needs to welcome them back. And I don't think baseball can welcome them back because if they do, it would be an admission of guilt. And, and they can't do that. Their lawyers just tell them to move on, which is the whole thing about the legal and the baseball rule, which we can certainly address. But about the injuries, um, 
if the LA Times is the, if he's using the right math as I kind of did, uh, he said 4,500 injuries over those eight, nine years from 2012 to 2019 that reported to first aid based on all the teams. If all the teams supplied the data, all the independent first aid stations supplied the data, uh, they said 4,500. I said 5,000. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. I believe there's those type of, yes, damaged fingers and broken nails and, you know, I guess mostly, probably mostly hand injuries, but I mm-hmm. don't really know if they're all foul ball related. Um, it could be a lot more head injuries than I'm even anticipating. So at foul ball safety now, people have found me and have been able to tell me their story. So I hear about their their feelings of today. Uh, a woman who I interviewed in the book from 1979, she was 14, and she lost her eye off a foul ball from Steve Henderson. Joe Youngblood visited her in the hospital, and she's quoted in my book asking, where is Steve Henderson? And she said, and they said, well, they sent me. And um, and he was, wow. yeah, he was like the pretty boy of the club, I guess, at the time. Uh, and that's the way she puts it. So, um, so that, and she was glad years later when she had a teenager son or a, gr- a growing son that he didn't choose to play baseball. So she still has the effects where, oh, I'm so glad my growing son did not choose to play baseball. So that should be illustrated very well in the book. And then Mike Coolbaugh, the first base coach who died in 2008, he, ironically, he, and that's why the coaches wear helmets, and to baseball's credit at the time, they did, they did react pretty quickly. The next season, all minor league and major league coaches were forced to wear helmets. Mike tried to tell his wife 15 years earlier or so when he was a player to sit behind the nets. And we even have quotes from his wife or from Mike himself in the book that when Mike in the 1980s saw his wife talking to another girlfriend and she was outside the, the, the area where there were no nets, he would get out of his you know position or his, and they'd say, hey, you got to move back to where, they, where mm. the nets are. And he ironically was the coach that was killed. And um, so wow. this goes back. I mean, since 1970, when Alan Fish had died at Dodger Stadium, he was a 14-year-old young man. I believe that was the time for baseball to say, hey, we got to tell you something. The regulatory agencies, if they knew about this, they would tell us the nets need to go up, similar to like seatbelts. But I believe the regulatory agencies still have not had the epiphany yet in 2021 to say, wait a second, MLB, they have their, they have their little clause that nobody ever sees. It's in microprint. I mean, imagine if they put that microprint up on the scoreboard, parents and little children would be asking themselves, what are we doing in these seats? So yeah. it would bring it, it would magnify the disclosure that baseball has that protects them. But I can keep going, guys. I, I'd love for you to ask me some questions. And, and maybe, <laughs> this is, maybe, this is great. Maybe this is a TED talk. I don't know. You know <laughs> this is a Jordan talk. But I want, I want a dialogue. I really do. Well, this no, it's fascinating. And yeah. honestly, the, the reason we haven't jumped in is because you're saying everything we've been saying. You're saying all the yeah. stuff we've been thinking. 
Okay. And uh, th- this is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. I remember in 2017 when Todd Frazier's line yeah. drive yeah. hit that little girl, yeah. and I am still not over it. Honestly, I, I, I have a baby girl as well. She's about to be five, and I just can't imagine a world where that, you know, where the thing that I love so much mm-hmm. hurt my child, and it's because mm-hmm. of me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the one that insisted we go to the ball game. I'm the right. one that said, let's sit in these seats. I'm the one making all those decisions. Yeah. I can't imagine being a parent and having to deal with that. But then, like, that's one. Yeah. Part two is then you get Major League Baseball or minor league baseball or whatever it is yep. that is not there for you in those moments. Nope. And that to me, that, that adds salt to an yeah. already aching wound. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's why I, I think about this and I think nah, it's so important. No, nah, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, my, my theories are now conversation. So, you know, basically baseball knows in advance that these incidents are coming. When Manford took the keys from Selick, Selick said, you make sure you keep those secrets secret. And, 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 and Manford says, I got it. I got the message. And those secrets are baseball knows it's not if, but when. Meaning once that door opens up, those secrets come out, everyone's going to be like, you mean our growing families used to go to the games once or twice a year and baseball knew in advance that there'd be emergency visits all over the country on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, they did. And they told us in microprint, which we barely looked at, or they didn't really announce it in an effective way just to protect their butt and and nobody else. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. You know, so I believe we're going to create an epiphany of outrage. And when I say the secret secret, they remain secret because those folks that have been injured, and have gone to lawyers' offices. Usually they don't get out of their lawyer's office. The lawyer says, unfortunately, you really don't have a case. And then occasionally it does make its way early in the proceedings, and the judge will then throw it out. Or if it goes into the middle of the proceedings and baseball smells like, "Uh uh-oh, we have a plaintiff here the judge is going along with, and this case is proceeding, that's when baseball makes the settlement. Because because the judge will then compel MLB to disclose all the secrets. And Manfred's job is to keep those secrets secret. The judge can compel the MLB to produce those documents, but it's never, ever got to that stage. You need the right plaintiff, the right judge, the right lawyer that's ready to take this all the way and not take the settlement. So, yes, there have been settlements and baseball, you know, Make settlements if they have to. They do of not course. want to see that door open. That's Manfred's job. Keep those secrets secret. And I'm going to continue to suggest certainly those 4,500 suggestions that um, the L.A. Times guy said over that NBC report over eight or nine years. That's only the major leagues. Right. Only the major leagues. I've met 13,500 in the minors. I'm going to go to that number because this, there was three times as many more games in the minor leagues up until 2019. It's like 2,400 games a year in MLB, and it was like 9,000 games in the minor leagues that year in the, before the minor leagues reduced so yeah. from 160 to 120. Um, so, you know, clearly this, I think the math still dictates three times as many more games um, in the minor leagues. Um, 
and I even identified in Peoria, Illinois, where I rented out a plane to tow a banner. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah. nets over the dugout there. Hello. Did yeah. anyone see that Tampa Bay video of the ball yeah. going through the two guys mm-hmm. and still in 2021? And when you ask Manford or anyone from MLB, you get stock responses from 2019. They're not interested. I believe every time that MLB makes a statement and every time executives say, oh, our fans are calling us and telling us they don't want seats, I don't believe they're having an honest that that's an honest uh, 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 statement because they're concealing the data that if these fans knew the data, they wouldn't be calling up and saying, we don't want to sit behind nets. It's almost like they're withholding this from the conversation for the last 50 years. So those naysayers out there, if they really knew from 1970 after Alan Fish had died, that it wasn't a matter of if, but when, I believe certainly growing families would not be sitting there willingly or knowingly thinking like, oh, they don't want to be part of a weekly or biweekly statistic. They, the, the other families that were behind nets, if they were informed, would look at them and saying, what is that family doing there? <laughs> well, they should be. You look Children's at the most services, expensive. Where are you? Take those kids away from those families. They have no right to bring their children there. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Well, and you, and you look at the most expensive seats in a ballpark. Where are they? They're directly behind home plate, directly behind a net. Mm -hmm. So the people who are willing to pay top dollar for their tickets, I mean, that's, you know, obviously you're going to take the sweets out of the uh, the consideration there. But the people who are paying top dollar for regular seating have no problem with a net. And if they do, they're willing to overlook that problem. And that's one of the arguments that we put in place so that, like, there's no reason to not extend the nets down past the dugouts and possibly even to the foul lines, to the foul poles. Because, you know, in was it in Korea, Brig, that we saw? Or Japan, that they have them all the way down connected to the foul poles? To the foul pole, yeah. I think yeah, it's it, Japan. I, I have to I, look that up again. Right. Yeah, with Japan, um, I've been looking into that. And knowing more about what I know in Japan, there's team attendants and ushers. and There's not anyone getting rudely smacked with a ball just past the third base dugout where their lives are ruined. There have been injuries, but there's like ushers and team attendants on every aisle. They're even showing, some may say distasteful, but to the point, animation of fans getting carted off on ambulances like Bugs Bunny. Just to get it in people's bloodstream that this can happen to you. So please pay attention. Now, even staring without blinking, and you're not getting (laughs) out of the way. And when these uh, when these executives say things like, oh, you, you, you're, you're, you have to watch your children, keep an eye on your children. You, science says you're not going to get it. You can't get out of the way. Whether you're Greg Nettles and used to play third base for the Yankees, you can't sitting in the seat. <laughs> Greg Nettles can't get out of the way of a hooking 100 mile an hour line drive. No, even if he's staring without blinking, he's not trained to take on 100 mile an hour hooking line drives without a glove or it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. The ricochets. So all yeah. that stuff is 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 false because baseball has the data. It's behind the door. Nobody knows it. And baseball, it's not. It shouldn't. It's unfortunately, it's not up to us. It's the regulatory agencies. If they knew of this issue, if they knew the regularity of it, they certainly been would have been on the scene in 1970. They would have been on the scene now. They would say, wait a second, this has happened. The same dimensions in Houston are the same dimensions as where this beer can got crushed in Arizona. Hello. Yeah. 
you know, and camp. And so, you know, it took them 45 years before they finally put nets behind the end of the dugout, except for places like Peoria. How the St. Louis Cardinals affiliate, the Peoria Chiefs, had no netting at the beginning of the year and how they're giving us a song and dance that the net is on order and they're hosting games in the meanwhile. It's like we're waiting for the cement to come. The cement may be here in a month. We ordered it. It's coming from overseas. In the meanwhile, they're still hosting games and bricks can keep coming down because they don't have cement. I don't get it, but it, it, it is. And it's and it's terrible. And I wrote letters to Caterpillar, who's the naming sponsor, governor of Illinois. Mm. Uh, you know, the the Cardinals have been called out on this. They should have been called out on this. Um, so. So let's jump. Right, let me jump. Have- yes. Let me jump, Jordan, because you you brought this up a couple of times about unaffiliated clubs now and leagues that are no longer hamstrung or handcuffed by Major League Baseball, and they don't have to follow the rules anymore. Uh, we had a great conversation with the Pioneer League a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and are you doing anything to talk to them because they don't have quite as many regulations and they're not as stipulated, uh, you know, under MLB's kind of thumb anymore? I have not paid any attention to independent league, pioneer league, college. I'm I'm on the 150 affiliates, which MLB pays the salaries of the minor league affiliates. So the Peoria yes. Chiefs are getting paid by the St. Louis Cardinals. They're yep. giving $100,000 bonuses to a few guys that they hope eventually will be future major leaguers. They need the supporting cast to help nurture and develop these other ball players, these yes. few ball players. They know the minds and the bodies of these. Most of these other minor leagues are expendable. They don't care that these guys are bearing the burden, knowing they could be the next one to do the maiming. And they apparently don't care about the fans in Peoria either. Uh, so they do. I've quoted minor league p- players. They're not dummies. They know that mom and dad are going to sit behind the nets, but they're not getting on the public address to say, folks, my mom and dad are over there. The rest of you few thousand people are out of your minds. They're not doing that, man. But they're in, they're so caught up in the dream of being major leaguers, they're not expected to be whistleblowers. They're not expected to say, wait, I'm not going to do this anymore. And where is guys like Tony Clark? Who's the, There's no union in the minor leagues. So these right. guys, right. there's no union representation. You know, we all know they're making two and a half cents an hour or whatever. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and um, that's ridiculous, whatever they are, you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, but it but is, it's bad, it's another story. Uh, but uh, and, and how these guys weren't some of these clubs weren't paying these guys salaries with the shutdown, ridiculous. But, um, that being said, it's like it's unbelievable that these guys have to bear the burden, they know they could be the one next one to do the maiming. It's not a good feeling, and Tony Clark should have paved the way, he went through it too. And why isn't he? I don't, I, why isn't it the older guys saying, all right, we went through it. We told our moms and dads 20 years ago to sit behind the nets. We held our breath that nobody would be hurt, certainly while we were playing. But still, it's a community thing. That's why guys like Al Mora, if, when he hurt that little girl, he should have been, some team psychologist should have been in his ear that night and said, dude, it's all of us, man. This is the dysfunctional situation that we're in. And I give you two options. You either can leave the game and get yourself out of it, and I wouldn't blame you, or you could ban with your brothers and say, we don't want to play in a situation where we can do a maiming, you know, just in the next batter. The next pitch could do the next maiming. 
in, in yeah. 1957, Richie Ashburn, if you look this up, Richie Ashburn, former Philadelphia Philly, he, he, he heard a fan. She was getting carried off on a stretcher. The next pitch, as they're carrying off on the stretcher, hit another limb on her body and broke a limb as she was on a stretcher. Is that insanity? But yes. That's insanity. According to the article, Lancaster something, Pennsylvania, Richie Ashburn, check it out. Crazy. Yeah, I've, I've seen that story. In, seven. Yeah. And every time people share it, they're just like, oh my gosh, what a stretch of rotten luck. And they laugh about it. I'm like, that's not funny. Yeah, that that and, happened. And, because... and, you, and 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 the cardboard cutouts. These fans that I know, uh, that they're very, they don't, they find it very insensitive that that uh, the fans were incentivized to buy these cardboard box, uh, cardboard cutouts last year during the shutdown. They didn't like the fact that balls were hitting these cardboard cutouts for for fun and games and for promotion. They 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 feel you know people that have been injured or really seriously injured by foul balls find it to be very insensitive and i didn't know this or feel this till they told me this so that's another yeah that's interesting. interesting yeah very interesting so we talked people, about that giant yeah. teddy bear out on the first baseline i forget what stadium it was in but you remember that giant teddy yeah, bear yeah it hit the, it knocked the stuffings out of it right, right. yeah and, that, so, and I, yeah, you know i think we were guilty of making light of that as well right, just right I didn't know there was a sentiment around, you know, yeah. that there was a sensitivity of previous there, victims. There is. I didn't know it either, but yeah. Huh. Yeah. I can I, see I, it, though. It makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. Now, yeah. They, now they bring it up. It's MLB painting a target. I mean, it's literally what that is. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if I were to play a little bit of devil, devil's advocate on behalf of Major League Baseball, and I were to say how much of this responsibility falls on the fan, because, I mean – Personally, I was taught from a very young age, you don't bring a ball glove to the field because they're going to call you down on the field to play. Mm -hmm. They don't need you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's not the reason. And that's part of the reason people get made fun of for bringing a glove. My dad always said, no, you bring it for self-defense because if a ball comes at you, mm -hmm. whether it's a, you know, a hard hit ball toward the foul line, if it's a home run or even a yeah. sky high yeah. up the yeah, elevator yeah, yeah. shaft. Yeah. You know, you've got to be, be prepared to catch it because it hurts to catch a ball barehanded. So yeah. if MLB were to come back and say X amount of responsibility falls on the fan, what do you think that is? I, I think they need to first expose, you know, their dirty laundry. I, I, I like I said, an independent netting council uh, of architects and engineers and then a discussion, a first time discussion, a first time forum, a foul ball discussion should happen it's us three coming up with good ideas but how about guys that are in the know to sit around and have a real conference about it and then we can decide what was appropriate what wasn't appropriate families like yours were more informed which of course was beneficial than other families so if this all needs to kind of we need to set, turn back the clock talk about exactly all the crusted mud on baseball's face before we move any further. Um, I believe there should be a changing of the guard of all, for all of all kinds. Yes, baseball owners prior knew this. They should be forced to sell the team. Absolutely. Um, I don't believe there should be any acknowledgement for baseball writers. As baseball writers and broadcasters easily refer to, oh, those steroid guys from 20 years ago. They should refer to their, their own community. Oh, gee, that was the era up until just a few weeks ago of the community of silence. Yes, I've been a broadcaster for 25 years. 
And yes, I never did speak about the foul ball risks to the fans that my family knew about and, and never said anything on the air like, oh, that guy who gets hurt, he's not even covered for his medical bill. Or the guy who worked the cameras for the TV, who, who was the producer, was told not to show the injury or, or keep the camera on the focus of the injury uh, because it would tell the fan at home, oh, this may be not such a great idea. Nobody deserves any acknowledgement, any credit. I'm even, I'm even at the point where there shouldn't be any further induction to the Hall of Fame because it seems like baseball players who played in the past and, and one interview I had done or somebody who I know had done who's working with me on the book and some other project interviewed a former baseball player and their sentiment was these three things. One, and this man is close to 70 years old. One, I never hurt anyone. Two, oh, I know somebody who hurt someone and felt horrible. And three, when I drop my nephew off at the game, I make him sit behind the nets. I'm like, are you kidding me? So this 70-year-old man, I'm, you know, I'm glad people don't feel horrible at 70, but there's no accountability that he was in the same community as that other person who did the maiming. That's one. Two, or two or three, He's telling his own family member to sit behind the nets. So I believe collectively the players haven't done enough. They've negotiated supposedly for nets a few times for at collective bargaining. And I'm like, okay. And what happened? What happened? Nothing really much happened. So it's almost like we're all accountable. There are people that need to be welcomed back to the game. The lady that I interviewed in 1979 she needs to be invited in and explained this was wrong. This chapter was wrong. This whole scenario was wrong. We, we are sorry. And this is what we're doing about it. And we're inviting anyone who's been hurt over the last 70 years to get their medical bills paid for, to get an apology from us, to say that we're going to, our goal is to hang us a, a sign in every one of these 120 ballparks and these other 30 ballparks from the architects and engineers at the independent netting council that this ballpark is now maiming free. Now within a week, guys, if we had an independent netting council and a first time conference on foul balls, all this stuff would be addressed. All the dark secrets would be shined on and we would talk about them and say, well, what did you know baseball? Cause they are the villain, man. And everyone else that goes along that doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds them, which is the broadcasters, which is the announcers, which is the baseball players. Stop patting yourselves on the back. And what you need to welcome these people back to the game and respect those folks. And there's a reason why they don't watch baseball anymore. There's a reason why their children aren't playing baseball. Mm. And that's it. And, and we're going to find many souls that are going to, you know, at foul ball safety now that can tell me their stories. And I know a handful, and I'm not even that effective on social media. Erwin <laughs> Goldblum spent to seven of my Zoom calls. His wife was killed at the Dodger game. So they think I'm doing the right thing. I'll continue trying to make some conversation. That's what it is, guys. Got to open up the conversation. And we can, we, we can come up with ideas and fixes, but let the so-called experts show up. MLB, they won't come out. They won't have a conversation. They have a stock response from 2019. They don't want to yeah. have any. And every time they said something, they knew the secrets were secret. 
And so it's it's nonsense. And when the executives are saying things like, oh, our fans are calling us and saying they don't want Nets. Also, they're coached by their uh, lawyer executives over at uh, MLB to say certain things. So now I'm keeping going on and on. No, it's good. <laughs> Tell Jordan, us, you mentioned your you mentioned your book a couple of times, Jordan. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Well, you know, I'm seventy thousand words into it. Uh, great interviews, even a couple of ESPN announcers who also were great because it was like they were having an honest conversation for the first time. Right. I believe when you present inconvenient truth to individuals, they are going to act truthful, um, and that's what we need to do. And and it, if it shines a light on the hypocrisies and the past, so be it. We need to do it. Uh, the book is going to be done when these interviews stop coming in. Um, I, when I have an audience that will absorb the book, you know, I don't have a yeah. big audience right now. Uh, you know, if I had a publisher of a book and they said, Jordan, you know, a lot of people are now going to see the book, then we would be ready to publish in no time. Um, so it's a collection. It's getting thicker. It's getting more interesting. I guess the book will be done when when either a publisher or the story stop coming, you know, one or the other. And when it's time to, to put it into print. But clearly my website is a big old scrapbook. I think people can get a big idea about that at foulballsafetynow.com. I think if they know somebody who wants to share their stories from 30, 20, 50 years ago, please do. Um, they have a comment or a question if they want to talk to me on or off the record. That's totally cool too. So, it's just an it's 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 a process of this two year journey, and it's it's really exciting that people are finding this conversation and 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 interviews like this are very important. So, well, we hope we can help give rise to this conversation. We've brought it up a number of times as well, uh, and as soon as we learned about you, your platform, what you're trying to do, we had to we knew we had to bring you on. Uh, you know, everything we do is to benefit our baseball family, our our viewers and our listeners. They're our baseball family. We treat them like family. We feel as strongly about it as the words imply. Uh, and their safety is is just as important as anything else. Is there is their enjoyment, um, the nature of the game and how they consume it, everything, all of the above. So we really appreciate you adding to that conversation. And I'm, I know there's going to be more to discuss. We've got to have you back on the show at a later time to to talk more about how the book is going and some of these interviews that you're getting. And as the story richens and continues to get thicker, like you said, uh, it's going to going to kind of carry itself and, and build its own momentum. I hope and, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope um, so. It's great to have these shows. And, um, you know, I, I would hope that uh, on the last Zoom call that we had had, uh, somebody from ESPN showed up, w Willie Weinbaum. And I said to Willie, I said, Willie, why am I hosting these, you know, calls? Why isn't ESPN hosting this this conference? And 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 I think the reason why they give it only a little coverage is because they have a big, huge contract with MLB, and they're not going to have a, a something in prime time, you know, with Erwin Goldblum and and a few other fans that have some grievances or some some sure. some things to get off their chest. Um, because it'll offend MLB and it'll imply all the secrets that MLB is keeping secret. And I certainly will keep that going. And um, I really, really appreciate, you know, the opportunity and I'd love to come back. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. But it, I mean, the book sounds fantastic. Like Briggs said, um, it sounds like you want it to be more of a history book than a current events 
novel, which I think is uh, it's a great a, way to go. I want somebody to help me style the book. We have all the ingredients in the salad bowl, per se. Somebody who's the editor slash director of content uh, is going to tell us, and I'll be like, sure, let's style it this way. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's, Let's make the finished salad that way. Sounds great. You know, yeah. so I believe there's no shortage of, of, of ingredients. I'm not a book writer. I, I have hired help for the grammar, um, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm totally cool with it. But it's certainly going to be hopefully uh, sound like it's coming from me because it is me pushing this narrative. And, yep. and certainly I'll have final say on, on how it's put out there. So I'm looking forward Absolutely. To, to that time. It's going to be exciting. Well, congratulations for taking on such a daunting thing. Brad and I are both writers, and we have that background. We know mm -hmm. how difficult that can be. So it's it is a a mountain of a project, and mm -hmm. we're we're happy for you. We really are. Well, if I there's anything we can that. do to support you further, please let us yeah, know. We'll we'll keep it going. And thank you, thank you very much for this opportunity today. And uh, look forward to the next time. Yeah, All right, we thanks do as a lot, well. Jordan. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Well, baseball family, that was Jordan Scop joining us from Foul Ball Safety Now. We really appreciate him taking the time. And, I mean, Brig, that was an outstanding conversation. I love it. Was it was very, very enlightening. Um, it was – he had a lot of great information. I just – I'm still – in shock and awe of it all uh, kind of yeah. making me reevaluate my, some of my opinions about things, I think. Uh, but anyway, Dang, yeah, 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 it really is. But anyway, don't forget to jump on the shop. Uh, today I'm wearing my, uh, my pirate baseball shirt and my United we fan hat. You could get that on nine plus us.com and I N E P L U S U S.com. Brie has his baseball things hat on. Very nice. It's oh, a nice huh. little cream color. It's it looks very good. But uh, go you. ahead and hop on there and get yourself something nice. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, everyone. We want to know how you think this is going. We think it's going really well, but it's your opinion that matters. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and hit smash that bell so that we know that you're paying attention. You can get updates every time we drop something new uh content wise don't forget we are also on instagram kind of and on tiktok as well sort of and we're doing the very best we can to balance everything we have going on but uh it's a lot of fun when we do get something to post and we have a good time so you can i think apple podcast is the only place you can leave a, a star review or rating <clears throat> so i think so don't forget yeah, to do that you're right yeah so if you're an apple listener go ahead uh do that for us if you would that'd be great everybody else just keep downloading and, and we'll keep the content rolling we appreciate you and we're grateful that you're here every day that we are able to be here with you that's right and uh, with that baseball family we will catch you next week mm -hmm.